0: The following is a conversation between Brian Gallagher, Chief Executive Officer of United Way Worldwide, and Denver Frederick, the host of The Business of Giving. It comes as no surprise that the nonprofit organization leading the way in community after community during the COVID-19 crisis is the United Way. And here with us is the CEO of United Way Worldwide, Brian Gallagher. Thanks for being here, Brian. I know how terribly busy you are.
1: It's my pleasure, Denver. Thanks for having me.
0: How is United Way Worldwide addressing the growing concerns surrounding COVID-19?
1: Three ways. Specifically, we at United Way Worldwide and well over 200 local United Ways across the U.S. and the world have created recovery and response funds. So, you know, people can make a contribution to make sure that the people that are most vulnerable in their communities get help. We run a three-digit dial up in the US called 211 and we're taking non-emergency calls that are COVID-19 related and then we've spent a lot of time on Capitol Hill and state houses around the US advocating for the needs of nonprofit organizations
0: specifically and the nonprofit sector. Mhm. Getting back to that 211, I know that connects individuals and families to organizations that can help. What are people calling about, Brian, and do you see certain new trends developing?
1: Well, yes and no, I guess, on that one. So, 211 is a three digit dial up, just like 911 or 411, non emergency information line. Every year, we take 12 million calls, texts, or online inquiries, just people looking for help. Right now, we're taking 75,000 calls a day. That's 27 million calls for the year. Oh, my. 26 states have designated 211 as the statewide non emergency dial up. And so early in the crisis, Denver, it was the most prominent calls were around, should I get tested for coronavirus? Mm-hmm. I don't have a medical home. I don't have a primary physician. What should I do? I don't have health insurance. What should I do? Increasingly now, what we're seeing, the, sh- the shift is moving to economic concerns. You know, I, I had a job. I no longer have a job. My hours have been cut. I get certain amount of unemployment. What will this new uh, legislation give me in terms of unemployment? It's moving now toward economic issues. The issues are still there, but we're, we're seeing the shift in two on one calls. We we we're we're like a heat map across the country. We're taking we're taking seventy five thousand calls a day, twenty seven million for the year if you model it out, and we can tell you where are the hot spots across the country and what are people asking about.
0: Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. What are some of the challenges that nonprofits are facing at the moment and are going to face later when we come out on the other side of all this, Brian?
1: Yeah, let me start kind of local and then pull back. There, there are 40,000 nonprofit organizations in the city of New York who have no cash reserves. Mm. The vast majority of nonprofits in the country are small businesses, and they don't build By and large, they they are a cash-in, cash-out operation. You know, I raise money and I help people with it. There aren't aren't nonprofits that are building huge balance sheets, by and large. So the biggest challenge
0: some are going to have short-term is how to stay in business, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Those
1: organizations who are larger and have fundraising capability, I think in some ways, including us at United Way, we will
0: raise more money in response to this crisis because we're genuinely responding to the crisis. Yeah, you are. Um, But then over the mid and long term, the question is going to be, will giving continue
1: for, you know, basic housing needs, education, daycare, transportation, all the basic human need that people have? So I think what you're going to find are larger organizations will be able to weather this smaller or nonprofits will will suffer in it. Those that are more online and digital today, those of us that have been making that investment I think are going to are going to do better than those that are face to face. You know, I think of food banks that if you're a food bank and you rely on senior volunteers to work in your food bank and you rely on people coming and going and and the and the movement of durable goods and you're not digital, that's that's an, that's a nonprofit that's going to struggle and is going to need our help.
0: Mm-hmm, Mhm. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons as you talk about that fundraising shortfall and challenges is why you've been advocating for that universal tax deduction for everyone.
1: We, we have, and you know, there's we as we talk right now, but the Senate has passed a two trillion dollar economic and support package. Looks like that will become law soon. Maybe even by the time people are hearing this, it is law. We have a pretty good sense of what's in it, and one of the things that is in it. Is a universal above-the-line charitable tax, tax mm-hmm. for up to three hundred dollars. That is a big deal. You know, United Ways, the, the the largest privately supported nonprofit in the US and probably the world. We raised $3.6 billion in the US, but our average contribution is $350 a year per person. Mm-hmm. And you know, charitable giving in the United States has been driven by super wealthy people, and fewer and fewer people have been giving to charity. We needed an incentive for people to give. They want to give anyway, but that's in the tax bill. That's in this economic and support package. Mm-hmm. We, we also made sure that nonprofits were treated like businesses in this economic package. So the small business loans that you're reading about, the the financial support for industries, nonprofits are all eligible for those. The, the payroll tax credits, nonprofits can take advantage of that. We made sure that they were called out explicitly because the nonprofit sector in the United States represents 6% of all GDP and 12 million employees. Hmm. We're the
0: third largest employer in the economy by industry retail. Hospitality and then nonprofits. Yeah, great. Just to employ Americans. Great work. It is so true. When we turn on the TV, we hear about the corporate bailouts. We hear about the small businesses. We hear about the families and individuals. You never hear a word about the nonprofit organizations. And here you're just We're citing, working in working terms working of the breadth of what hard. they represent. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we worked hard in this negotiation, in Denver, to make sure that that's not the case. And uh, you know, the other thing that we said to, um, you know, said to lawmakers is that you keep you keep the majority of these 12 million nonprofit employees working, they then help other people. Mm-hmm. And they actually then drive uh, charitable giving, which creates this virtuous circle in communities. You know, the it's I've heard so many times in the last few weeks that we've never seen anything like, like this and, you know, until going back to like world war organizing efforts and, and what I said to them is, you know what, the United Way before we were United Way was community chest. And before that, we were war chest. Mm-hmm. we That's are. we are. We're, we're this local community infrastructure that creates this virtuous giving and caring circle. And as it relates to public policy, if you make sure nonprofit employees continue working, continue serving people, driving charitable giving, you create a virtuous circle that actually drives economy and helps people.
0: Absolutely. You know, the way we're working right now, Brian, would have been unimaginable just two weeks ago. Are there innovations you've introduced that have been effective, maybe so much so that you just might continue with them after this is over? What you see are, I don't know that you'd call them innovations per se, because there's really, in my view, there's never really... A
1: singular new idea, but it's application of existing ideas. Right. I think what's going to going to jump from this in terms of just giving and helping is peer-driven giving. So, increasingly, in our national fund, and I know for local United Ways, you know, so we still have individuals and large corporations and foundations that are making gifts, but increasingly, you know, we have cause-related campaigns where people can help come together to drive giving or byproduct, product, you know, cause related, digital platform driven support. Digital giving and online giving has been going up, but it's not, it's not anywhere close to, you know, non-online giving that's going to change. And I think that because one of the things that is, I think is going to be true post-crisis versus pre-crisis, we're going to be way more digital than we were as a sector. And I think people are going to be accustomed to giving, engaging, giving help on digital platforms. And so, you know, we have a partnership with GoFundMe that we are their content response to people who respond to their COVID-19 response fund. So what you're starting to see are the kind of the digital native organizations like GoFundMe connecting with the the long-term infrastructure organizations like United Way. And what we put together is the actual innovation. It's not that any one of us, I don't think, is going to create some new earth-shattering approach, but it is a new application in a new environment. You see employers like, like Lyft and Google and others who are working with, you know, 100-year-old organizations like ours because we're in every community in the country and we need each other. I think that's
0: what the innovation is going to be, Denver. Yeah, you're right. It's new combinations that have never been tried before and come out the other end with something completely different. Exactly
1: right. It's already clear that you know we're going to, in the U.S., raise tens of millions of dollars, probably more in this response, and we'll do that. Through those kind of new approaches, new new technology, new new partnerships, we've already raised eighty million dollars in Korea and Japan. Most of that online and on digital platforms. So that's that's going to be a big shift, I think, in the, for the entire sector.
0: Yeah, Brian. Adaptive leaders in a crisis often, you know, have to dig a little deeper, like a great athlete at a crucial moment. For skills and talents that may have been buried, have you had to do that? And if so, what have you been looking to bring to the surface? What I've been saying to our 10,000 employees across the U.S. and another 2,000
1: outside of the U.S. is the way to dig deep is to try to get outside of your own self. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know the, the fact is that it, it's, you know, Everybody feels anxious, and if you're a leader, you're feeling both pressure and anxiousness. And one, you have to say to yourself, "That's natural. That that is to be expected." Mm-hmm. So you've you got to get you got to be self aware about that. But then I think what leaders and I do personally is try to focus on how do I make sure that we're in service to others. And and when we do that, think about it in both in the immediate term, and then try to take a longer view. We will get on the other side of this. So a leader's job, I think, is to help people stay focused in the short term but understand that there is a long-term reality that's going to happen. And and then to literally get outside of your own head. You know, the, what drives anxiousness is when you start talking to yourself yep. and you start creating scenarios. And that, that happens to leaders because you don't have a lot of people to – to kind of bounce ideas off of or share concerns with. And so what I've said to all of our folks is the good news for us is we we help other people. That is the best way to deal with your anxiety. So, you know, make sure that you're taking care of your family members. Make sure you're taking care of your neighbors. Make sure you're taking care of people in your communities. And as you do that, you'll be taking care of yourself. The leader's responsibility is to call people to that action. You know, I would I would say as we look at, for instance, political leadership across the United States right now, you can watch someone like Andrew Cuomo, whether you like him or you don't like him, what he's doing is he's being very clear and transparent about the immediate need and the urgency and even the, the direness in some cases, but he's also trying to map out where is this going and where get on the other end that's what leaders have to do and it's you know honestly if you're in a seat like mine this is why you signed up for it (laughs) Uh, this is you know leadership's easy when the water's calm leadership is necessary and critical when the water gets choppy
0: yeah yeah well that's good advice and very good insights finally brian what can people do to support united way in their communities right now So uh, a couple of things,
1: Denver. You can go to unitedway.org backslash recovery backslash COVID-19 to get to the national fund. We can then take you to any local fund. That's the way, that's the best way right now is to give financial support so your local United Way can support the people that are in most desperate need in your community, whether it's health related or economic related. And if you need help yourself, uh, call 211. And it is a three-digit dial-up that is best positioned to get you with one call, one text, one online inquiry to the right service at the right time.
0: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate this so much, Brian. Stay well, and thank you for all that you and the United Ways across the world are doing.
1: Thanks, Denver. I appreciate the opportunity.